1: Southern California Live on a Thursday afternoon on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for being with us. Fun to hear uh, the story last hour about uh, Elton John, about Caleb Quay, and about his uh, being there at the beginning, about the documentary that they're working on to try to get that out and available into theaters and uh, raise the money for the finishing work. Hope you'll pray for that. And if God would lead you to help out with that project, Again, just just Google. Uh, you go to Google and and uh, Google "Louder Than Rock" movie, and the information you're looking for will come up there. And you can connect on social media or find out more online. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, pay attention to what's on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Twitter. I don't know if you're you know to to go there is is to step into a place that. It's, it's like you're stepping into the junior high cafeteria at times, and kids are shouting at each other, and kids are saying things. Twitter is not a place for a nuanced dialogue, for a, uh, uh, an even-handed conversation. Typically, that's not what you see. It's just people with hot takes and, and uh, gotcha statements, and it goes back and forth. From time to time, things will will erupt on Twitter that, at least among those who are going there regularly, um, incite the passions of many. And I, I want to tell you about what happened on Twitter a week and a half ago. And and then I I would love to have you weigh in on this subject, and would love to get your input. Into the whole topic, and I'll just set the stage for you. The topic is modesty, immodesty. What's appropriate in terms of our public selves, um, and and how we present ourselves, and what we're trying to do. I mean, when when you got up this morning and got dressed. Uh, you you made choices about how you were going to dress that were based on how comfortable you wanted to be or how presentable you wanted to be or maybe how attractive you wanted to be. If, if you're in the dating stage of life, when you go out on a date, you make choices about what you're going to wear on the date because you want to look pretty or you want to look handsome this is this is guys and girls. I mean, we all make decisions. Dress is a part of of our declaration of of what we want to make be true about ourselves. Right? Well, this issue came up because a pastor on Twitter, I think he's a pastor, he tweeted just randomly. This was back a week before Valentine's Day. Here was his tweet. He said, "Dear ladies, there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low cut shirts, bikinis, bra and underwear, or anything similar, ever. Not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story. Sincerely, your brothers. That's all he said. Well, that tweet. Led to national news interviews. It it was. Um, it's been seen more than twenty million times over the last week and a half. With all kinds of responses, a lot of responses from women. Who have taken great offense that this man would come on and suggest to them, you need to uh, pay more attention to how you dress so that you're not a stumbling block. And, I mean, he didn't say you're not being immodest. Here's what he said. No reason for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts, bikinis, bra, and underwear, or anything similar ever, not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story, your brother's. Here is one response from one reader on Twitter. Uh, Gotta love it when a dude outs himself as a patriarchal control freak over all women and how they dress. You don't speak for all your brothers. Most men control themselves. If you have a problem with how women dress, you are the problem. Fix your problem. Back and forth it went. And, and for the most part, it was a question of is, it, is there a place where we would say this would be inappropriate as a way for a woman to dress in public? Where is that line? Who can say where that line is? If a, If a man says the way you are dressing is a stumbling block for me, is that the guy's problem? Is he shaming the woman by saying that? And, and I don't know how how you face I, I would love to hear from both men and women today. By the way, our, it's us during this second hour of the program today. So uh, you and me to talk about this. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. As we look at where we are in the culture today, I'm just curious where where you think we should be here. Should women be dressing more modestly? Or should men be calling on women saying, would you help us by dressing more modestly? Or should men be keeping their mouths shut? What about men being immodest? That's an issue. Uh, how does that play out? Well, a few days after this tweet came online, uh, Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth, do you know that name? Nancy's an author, a speaker. Uh, she's somebody I've known for 20 years, uh, a A wise and godly woman. And I just want to read to you, her, here was her response, uh, not necessarily to that post, but to the whole subject. Of modesty. Nancy said, I've been pondering the recent exchange on Twitter regarding modesty. Some seem to suggest that A, what women wear, what pictures they post, etc., are inconsequential. B, this is entirely the responsibility of men. And C, if you say otherwise, you are objectifying, sexualizing, or shaming women. Nancy goes on to say, this subject warrants a little more thought, nuanced treatment, maybe more than is possible on Twitter. But here are some biblical moorings that I believe are important to help in the conversation. Nancy says, modesty involves more than clothing, but not less than clothing. Modesty has application to both men and women. The Lord God made clothing from the skins of the man, or from the skins for the man and the, his wife, and he clothed them. This was an expression of grace for fallen, shamed sinners, both male and female. She goes on to say, beginning in Genesis three, nakedness, uncovering nakedness, is used in Scripture as a metaphor for sexual relations, shame or disgrace. You see it with Noah. You see it in Leviticus, in Isaiah, Revelation. Clothing, Nancy says, is one way to identify who we are and the intent of our hearts. A woman came out to... This is Proverbs 7.10. A woman came out to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, having a hidden agenda. There's something to that scripture. Clothing that is appropriate in one context may be inappropriate in another. For example, what is good, wholly appropriate in the bedroom between a husband and wife? may be impure, sinful, inappropriate, a different setting. This is not a one-sided issue, Nancy says, as some would have us believe. Men and women are both sinners. We both sin against each other. Scripture condemns men who prey on vulnerable women, as well as women who seduce simple, foolish men. Both violate the law of love and the sanctity of life. Both represent an abuse of power. Both need to be warned and held accountable. When it comes to clothing, other pertinent biblical values include visual beauty, preserving male-female distinctions, not flaunting wealth or shaming those who have less, building up others rather than promoting ourselves, elevating the eternal over the temporal, etc. Speaking as a woman... To women, as a woman, to women, Nancy says, leaving it to others to speak to the men among us. Let us aspire to honor Christ and showcase his loveliness and love in everything we do. Our clothing matters, as do our words, our behavior, our attitudes, the motives of our heart. Let us seek to bless and edify the men around us as our brothers and not to defraud them. This is the law of love. Sadly, Words such as chastity and modesty have fallen onto hard times among believers. The consequences for both men and women have been costly and devastating. I pray for all of us to recover the beauty, magnificence, and power of these timeless qualities that flow out of and reflect the gospel we profess. Everything that we believe as as believers, male and female, married and single, in this life, everything we do in this life, points to a future promised marriage the celebration of our Savior's righteousness, his redeeming love and grace. The marriage of the Lamb has come. The bride has prepared herself. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and pure, for the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. I thought I thought that was profound, and, and I thought it was a good weigh-in on this subject, but I thought we ought to have a talk about this this afternoon. So we're going to open up the lines at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Are, are women being shamed by their Christian brothers if they wear what the men think is provocative? Do, do guys just need to chill and cool it and and recognize if you got a lust problem, that's your problem? Or is this a both end and not an either-or? Give us a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. David is on the line with us in Culver City this afternoon. He's going to start things off. David, welcome to Southern California Live. Now we've got to punch David up here. Wilbert, can you get David punched up for me there? There we go. You're on the line now, David. Go ahead.
2: Thank you for taking my call. I'll be concise. I think your, the first tweet was much better than Nancy's. It was concise. It was a smackdown of an incredibly patriarchal pronouncement. I mean, I agree with her that it is, it's is—it's a man's job to control himself, for God's sakes. Women have always dressed to, to, at times, invite the male gaze. And while certainly there are some outfits that are inappropriate, uh, for the most part, you know, I, I don't think they are, and I think that's up to women to decide. And I don't think it's up to men to dictate. And and that that tweet did have a patriarchal, condescending tone to it. So, you know, I think Nancy uh, should learn brevity. Brevity. You took her way too long to get her point out.
1: Well, again, a nuanced argument coming out in twenty in uh, uh, two hundred and forty characters—it's hard to have a nuanced argument there. But uh, l- l- did you watch the Super Bowl, David? I did. You watched the halftime show. I watched the halftime show. And in watching that, do you go? You know, this is just a celebration of 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 female beauty.
2: You know, it's a celebration of hip hop culture, but. I could understand some people being offended by uh, the costumes and displays, uh, but I think there could be differences of opinion about that. But I still think it's a man's job to control his impulses. For God's sakes, we're not animals.
1: And I, I think everybody would agree that it is a man's job to control his impulses and, and not to shame women in terms of how they dress do women have a responsibility here, do you think?
2: I'm not saying that women don't have any responsibility, but I think for the most part, most of the criticisms I see of the way uh, women dress nowadays are patriarchal and condescending uh, and inappropriate. All right. But, but, I, but I'll agree that I, I, I'm not saying women never dress inappropriately, I'm not saying men yapacene inappropriately. You know, I remember seeing a show that Pat Boone did where he was <laughs> bare-chested and in some loincloth. So, you know, it can go both ways. That was an old Pat Boone show he did uh during the the uh, um uh Anita Bryant years actually.
1: Yeah. Back in the day. All right, so- David, thank th- thanks for your call. Thanks for weighing in on this. Eight uh, eight eight fifty two talks is the number. This is I want to have this conversation and hear what you have to say. Stella is joining us in L.A. Stella, uh, uh, no, can we pull up Stella? There's Stella. Go ahead. You're on K K L A. Hi,
3: um, I have a, a different mindset on it. I I feel that women that do dress um, what we call in these days sexy. Um, I feel that it has different. Two different things that we can look at it. You look at it at the fact that you are, per, you know, you are, you're progrativating men to possibly disrespect you, but then who do we blame? Do we blame that person that's, sick, that, that's a sickness? That's a sickness that that person can't just say, oh, that's a very attractive young lady, versus turning it into more of a sexual comment. So it, it's, it's a different, it's, it has different dynamics. So are, in you,
1: are what I hear you saying, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there is uh, there's motive and there's potential guilt on both sides of this. Is that right? Yes.
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: So as a woman, but as she, you think so about it. go no, go ahead.
3: So women now you can't say, oh, like, I can't dress, you know, you know, sexy because now I have to worry about this man turning this into more of a disrespect comment. I have to hear, you know, uh, derogatory comments, sexual comments. So I blame, you know, you, uh, you know who, who do we blame? That's the question. Who do we blame? You know, can, can women, you know, I'm a married woman, so when, when I'm not with my husband and I'm running errands and I make sure to not dress prerogative where I'm going to attract that type of man, but if I'm with my husband, I feel comfortable enough to dress, um, you know, sexy for my husband.
1: And would that be if you and your husband are going out on a date together?
3: It depends. It's also another good point. It's a. It's a place and time where you're going and who you're going with. Right.
1: If we're going
3: to go with a group of church people, I'm not going to dress as sexy as I would if it was just me and him going to a concert.
1: Right. So, so you're you're taking the the context into account, um, and and when you choose to dress sexy, as you describe it, is that with with uh, to to be attractive to him? Is that your motive?
3: I I do it to to be attractive to my husband because I feel that if I don't dress attractive from my husband, then I'm leaving. You know, it's he's he's in the flesh right right so i'd rather for him to look at me than there's another woman in the room that's looking you know very sexy well i, I it's a natural eye right it's going to go to that woman like she's looking at, like she's looking sexy
4: so would,
1: yeah. would you not say that if, if your husband sees another woman and she's looking sexy he should be able to turn that off and shut that down and, and that shouldn't be a problem for him
3: uh that's probably every woman's wish but <laughs> is that really going to happen?
1: Stella thank you for your call I appreciate it Allison is joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live from Monrovia Uh, Allison welcome to Southern California Live
3: hi thank you yeah I just wanted to add um, that just as much as it's a calling for men you know to control themselves and their thoughts it is a calling for women to to die to ourselves as well just as much and this is an everyday battle for me, um, even even being married. There's still there's still the calling of purity and modesty, and um, it's hard. It's hard. It's a day-by-day effort and choice. And to look at the example that I'm leaving for younger girls and what I'm trying to appeal to my husband, what, what he thinks is beautiful, and what, what he thinks is beautiful, he's always, you know— um, I'm going to be the most beautiful person in his eyes. You know, that's the way that it should be. And you mentioned the Super Bowl, and I really was appreciative over the Super Bowl that, you know, during the halftime show, our family, um, there's a lot of respect that we have for each other that when it came to the halftime show, you know, I know this is not common, but we turned off the TV because that was something that it does, it does pollute your mind as believers. It does, when you don't, when it's it's not common for you to always look at those things and look at women dressing uh, provocative or showing their bodies, you start to purify your mind. And but when all of a sudden, you know, you see something that you're not used to anymore, you feel the difference, like hey, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be looking at something like this. And the men feel the difference too, like hey, I my wife isn't dressed like that. Mm-hmm. I feel that like this is wrong. If you know, I'm looking at this, so that there's just a respect that we have to have and just guide ourselves.
1: So let me ask you this, and and we've got to get to break here, but let me, how has this played out in your life? You said it's a battle every day, it's a struggle. What are the kinds of choices or boundaries that you? deal with uh, as you deal with this issue in your own life?
3: Um, for sure, I think being in ministry, and I'm also an English teacher for high school and junior high girls, there's a lot of boundaries that I have to have, and just, be, um, just showing them what it's like to be set apart, um, that we're called to be set apart, we're called to be holy and blameless. Um, so the boundaries I have, you know, uh, my husband helps me with this because he sees things that I don't, I'm, I have blind spots with, um, but just, I guess, preserving certain outfits for just the house, you know, preserving certain things for just being with my husband and, um, yeah, just showing the girls that, you know, you don't have to show your stomach, like you don't have to show um, the shape of your body so much, I like, yes, like be attractive, be beautiful, but but yes,
1: boundaries are healthy and good. Uh, I appreciate that. Thanks for your call. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I want to hear what you think, guys. I want to hear what you think. Should we say anything, or do we just look down, turn our heads? Uh, give us a call. Eight 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 fifty two talks. Bryn, stay stay put. I'll be with you right after we get back. As Southern, it's a Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on KKLA KPRZ Thursday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking about purity and modesty and what's appropriate and whether girls have something that they can, can a man ever speak up and say you know this this is this is a stumbling issue for me or does he need to just turn away and address his own issue uh do guys ever dress in a way to be provocative to cause girls to stumble and what do we guys need to know about what we're doing that, that's a stumbling block in terms of presentation, how we present ourselves. Lines are open at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Really like to hear from some guys this afternoon about uh, about where you are with all of this, but Bren has been waiting patiently on the line with us from Burbank. Bren, uh, Bren welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, welcome. Uh, I have a
3: couple questions. First of all, are I- as, as, as believers, we're talking about believers. Right. Believers are supposed to be separate from the world. We're not supposed to be wearing. We're supposed to be doing what the book says for us to do. Is Jesus living inside of you? And is Jesus cool with what your, those hot pants? Is Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit okay with you going braless? You know what I'm saying? It's like it just has to do with I think maturity. Does the Lord go with you everywhere? Is holiness an idea? Or is it something that you look at as as an old-fashioned idea? Or is it something that you really mean it? You know, it's like, are you a believer that's willing to die for the Lord? and Are you willing to lower your skirts for the Lord and not for everyone else?
1: You know, let let, let me jump in here, Bryn, because I I hear you and I, I resonate with that. But I know a lot of people who would say... Uh, look, the, the hang up here in terms of the beauty of the human body and and all of this, if, if a woman chooses to wear a shirt and, and not wear a bra underneath it, and some guy has a problem with that, that's his problem. That's not her problem.
3: Is it, though, if you're a believer, is it really, is, is there a real reason for a female to be wearing clothes? If the Bible says very clearly how to speak. So either take the whole Bible or join a. a Join a club of good do- doers, good people. You know what I'm saying? Go so join the force, some other club. You know, uh, or, or either follow what the Word of God says, which it says a woman is supposed to dress modestly. Right? It
5: right. says that
3: you're supposed to. Be. It says how we're supposed to behave, and it's not to hurt us in any way. It's to give us an esteem. The interesting thing to me is that women in Islam have no problem with this, hmm. and hmm. their really tell them what to do. Hmm. But believers have all this freedom and we are rebuffing it. It's like that's your problem instead of saying what does the lord want me to do and how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I represent him? Am I representing Christ in a mini right? And, and
1: and of course I, I think what what we what we're getting to is what's in your heart when you do this and I don't think we're trying to say we should be more like Islam in the way that we handle this, I don't think that's what you're saying at all. But but I I do think it's an interesting point in terms of, of where we are culturally in in regard to this issue. So let me ask you this: If you see a sister in Christ and you think, man, that's just not appropriate. That's there's too much cleavage there, or the the skirt's too high, or whatever. Do you say something, or or what do you do? Personally, I don't say anything, and
5: I'll tell you why.
3: Because it's clear to me that she's not a believer. Huh. If you're, you know what I'm saying? If you're a believer, if you really love Jesus and you're a believer, you're going to know what the word says. If I'm in your Bible study and I see that you're dressing, let me tell you something. I started, I became a Christian in a, a, a Hollywood church. And some of the girls in our church were strippers that started to go to our church. And they would come in their gear pretty much to church. So we had uh, men's jackets that they could put over their sweaty clothes. And they were relieved when they did become believers to not have to live that life or wear that clothes in that manner. Hmm. But it took time for them to understand. They had to, you know, we had to welcome them. The first thing we did was, we, I remember our pastor had a, a, lot, a bunch of men's jackets that they could wear over their revealing clothes. And the interesting thing was, So you have these non-believing strippers who were coming into our church because the music was great, and who knows why they were coming in. But they were very receptive to covering up. Hmm. And they were even more receptive to dressing appropriately once they got into the Word of God and got at that altar and gave their life to Jesus.
1: Brent, I appreciate your call. 88852 Talks is the number. We're talking about modesty, how we handle it, what's appropriate, should we say anything? Greg's joining us from Santa Clarita. Greg, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, my my point that I want to make is that men and women are, you know, what's the word, physiologically different in how they are stimulated sexually. And men are visually Women are emotionally, and so I can understand why people think it sounds patriarchal to have differences in how you react to how men and women dress, but that's because the way men and women view dressing is pretty much different in how it impacts them sexually and stimulates them. So it's not that men are ever not responsible for what they do. That is not the point I'm making what i'm saying is to women how close to the fire do you want to get or how far from the fire do you want to get you know
1: and 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 i think uh, how um, how provocative are you are you intending to be provocative and i think there are some of our sisters in christ who are saying i'm not intending to be provocative i i, I want to look uh pretty i i feel comfortable with these clothes i think it's okay and And if if Greg's got a problem with it and he's stimulated visually, he needs to deal with that between him and the Lord. It's not my problem. What do you say to that?
4: Well, if I'm stimulated with it visually, then my responsibility starts and ends with my reaction to it. Right. I could be stimulated. What I do based on that is my problem. However, if... It's never going to be her fault, and I'm going to use the the rape word. Please forgive me, but I'm trying to make a point that, God forbid, she ever get raped. It's not her fault. Right. But if if she continues to be in situations where that's a factor, at what point does it become her partly her responsibility or not? That's the piece that I see missing from that type of thinking.
1: And, and it, it does make sense, and I, I this is a very delicate line because I think you said it right at the beginning, which is uh, for, for any man to respond uh, inappropriately to rape a woman that's that's his deal. So we we don't blame Bathsheba for David's sin. She she went out to bathe on the roof. And some have suggested that maybe she knew that the king could see her and that she was dressing that way. But you know what? Whether she knew or not, whether she was being provocative or not, David's response is David's response. He has to go before the Lord and confess that. Now, a wise woman is going to pull back and say, "I don't want to cause my brother to stumble. I don't want to. I don't want to lead him into temptation. I, I, I want to be careful in this situation." And her heart is going to be inclined toward wanting to protect her brother. And I think that's part of what you're saying where a woman just has to be smart a man has to be smart in how we handle these things I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story um because one of the principles that i had to learn i remember doing an interview with a guy named fred stoker and fred talked about the whole principle of, of bouncing your eyes that there are times when a man will see something and the question is not did you see that the question is did you keep looking and he said, I, I, I had to learn that I would see something. I had to train myself to bounce my eyes. And my wife and I were in the Phoenix airport. This was years ago. And in the Phoenix airport, there's a long escalator that goes down to baggage claim. And the the one going down and the one coming up are right there side by side. So we're going down the long escalator toward baggage claim. And coming up the escalator on the other side is a woman who I would say was – dressed intentionally provocatively with not a whole lot left to the imagination and i looked over and i saw her and I, I i i bounced my eyes i i looked away i looked somewhere else and almost as soon as i did that my wife looked over and saw the same woman and guess where she looked immediately she looked to see where i was looking and what i whether i was staring and when she looked at me i i could tell she was looking at me and i said i'm i'm bouncing my eyes i'm bouncing I, you know she she knew this that was battle and we've shared that story over and over again because we want to be allies with one another in this whole issue. So, Greg, I appreciate your call. we got lines open, 888-52-TALKS. We're talking about modesty, whose responsibility, what responsibility, how do we love and serve one another, where are the boundaries, uh, and and do we say anything to each other about it? Jackie, stay put. We'll be with you after we take this uh, break as the Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. There's Dion DiMucci on Southern California Live as we're talking about modesty and about what's appropriate and how we handle that. Lines open at 888 talks 888-528-2557. Jackie in Compton, you're on the line on Southern California Live. Welcome.
5: Thank you so much. Um, this conversation has a lot of issues on it, a lot of facets to it. Yeah. What I wanted to say is I believe that a male has the right to talk to women, how they dress. But I think it should be in their own family household with people that they know, not, on, not with people that they don't know, because the world is going to be the world. And I think as, as a, am a follower of Christ, and I'm a grandma of six beautiful grandchildren. Wow. And I had a daughter, too. I do still have my daughter. It's our responsibility as as a follower of Christ to teach them. I was watching the um, Super Bowl with them, and um, their father's not a believer. And I took them out of the room when the halftime came, just for the simple fact. Their ages are from 10 all the way to 2, the girls. I took them out because of the way the women were dressed and the way they were dancing. Because in my mind, I think that if they see that, they're going to think it's okay to be that way. And I believe that the way we present ourselves, the way we dress, has a lot to do with, like, how people look at us. But there's so much facets to this, because I've heard a previous caller talk about a woman dresses a sexual way about rape. I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe that the male needs to realize, you know, but there's unbelievers, that's why. It's, there's sin in the world. But just because a woman dresses sexual, it doesn't mean, oh, wow, I, I have free reign with her. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I, I, I just said, like I said, there's a lot of facets to this, and I just wanted to get that out there. I think that the male does have a right to say it, but I think it should be in his own household, his own friends, his own household, because then, you know, uh, I, I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. Thank you well, for letting me talk. Thank you. I,
1: I, and Jackie, I appreciate your call, because I, I do think we got to be careful that we're not, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd go on. Twitter with a a blanket statement about this is where the standards should be. But I do think we can find a way to provoke one another to love and good deeds. And this is a part of the conversation we need to be having. 888-52-TALKS is the number, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Kevin in Garden Grove, thanks for calling this afternoon. You're on Southern California Live. Go ahead, Kevin. We got you now.
6: Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, a couple of questions. Interesting topic. Number one, I'd love to know where that church that Brenda was talking about was in Compton. Hmm. Um, you know, all, all, all seriousness aside, but um, uh, the, the point was, where, where in the Bible, because I've heard people mention, um, you know, if, if you knew the Scripture, that you would know how to dress. I mean, Adam was brought on, put on this planet, you know, in God's creation, naked. And from there, there was Eve, and I mean that—that's how God originally created us. Uh, And 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 that's how
1: God—that's how God created us. And then the next thing that happens is uh, temptation and fall. And the first thing that happens after there's temptation and fall is that the man and his wife are now ashamed, and they are looking to to hide their nakedness. Right.
6: I absolutely but. Question back is, is when full circle is. I've heard people reference if, if you're one of us, you know, if, if you're a Christian, you know, my grandfather's a Baptist minister, so I'm conversational on the Bible. Um, but where, where, where in the in the Bible um, does it speak of wearing a bra, no bra? Where, where, where is the clothing attire uh, proper and not proper mentioned that I continue to hear in this conversation? Which is a very interesting conversation, by
1: the way. So I'll throw in a passage and and again this doesn't this doesn't say bra no bra or or you know specific standards but here's here's what Peter says to wives in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says wives uh do not let your adorning be external the braiding of the hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing you wear. Now I don't think that's a biblical prohibition against braids or gold jewelry. I think it's Peter saying, don't make your focus on your external appearance and make that where where your primary focus is. He goes on to say, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves and then it goes on to talk about the husband and wife relationship there. So I, I think the principle, the broad principle here, is that our focus needs to be on our heart and our character, and then our physical adorning is going to flow out of that, and we're going to be careful with our brothers and sisters not to do things that are intentionally provocative or intentionally causing them to stumble. I, I Again, you're, you're not going to find a verse that says... Um, don't show your midriff if you're a woman or don't wear jeans that are too tight if you're a guy, but you are going to find verses that talk about how we are to honor one another, how we're to encourage one another and how we're not to cause one another to stumble.
6: So, so they definitely put it on the woman to decide what is provocative to a man.
1: Well and, and that's that's part of what we're talking about here because I don't know that you we put it on a woman necessarily. I think is it appropriate for a man to say I just need to let you know that um that that what what you're wearing is something that um that is is hard for me because it it it, it provokes in me um Lustful feelings and attitudes, which doesn't mean that you're the problem. It means that that uh, you just need to know that this is playing to a weakness for me.
6: Yeah, well, I, I think that opens up to such a broad conversation because I also have Amish friends who, if that was appropriate, would make comments that the people that were enjoying the Super Bowl halftime show would never think to make, as far as you know, to a woman that's provocative and that's not yeah good point um, so, and and again, it's an interesting topic
1: um, well and i appreciate you calling and, and weighing in on it as well uh 888-52-TALKS is the number uh and and uh Nilla, i want to come to you but let me just read this we, we got an email at socal uh socal live at kkla.com Uh, A listener who, who wrote in and said, thanks, Bob, for taking on the subject, a very delicate one. We have a youth pastor's wife at our church. She dresses very inappropriately. My feeling is her husband should let her know it's not appropriate for church attire. Secondly, it should be the women of the church who should address this, not the men. Women's responsibility to dress appropriately, men's responsibility to look the other way. We're both responsible for what we do. Regardless, if the woman was to flirt and flaunt, men should follow up Joseph's example and should flee. I'd agree with that. Nilla, thanks for calling from uh uh from West Hills.
7: Uh by the way, it's Noah. Like Noah, Noah sorry.
1: Sorry, um, I got it up there wrong. It's,
7: it's, it's okay. First um, Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, I think, helps out with the last collar as well. Uh, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with a shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, costly array but which becometh women professing godliness, With good works, but my thing is this: if the pastor doesn't bring it up, then how does the rest of the world know what's going on? Because that's what an evangelist does. Um, We need to bring up those those questions and we need to make those statements. Um, If people want to follow it, great. If they don't, you know, it's that's up to them. Um, We have to remember that we are, if we're following Jesus as our example. Uh, we need to not be of this world, but we need to also understand that we live in this world. And lust is just by definition a strong desire for something, and that could be anything. Um, but this happens to be the topic of, of bodies. Yeah. And we have to know that if we want to live righteous, we need to hang out with righteous people. But you know, we can't we can't lock ourselves in a box and not. You know, not doing anything and not saying anything. Yes, I agree with the young lady who spoke that it needs to be within the house, but it also needs to be with other people as well. Because I mean, you're looking at a boyfriend, a girlfriend, you know, a a girlfriend, whatever the case may be, that you need to speak out to them as well.
1: Got to be in the house. Got to to be in the household of God. I think at some point. At and again, we've got to do it in such a way that we can have the conversation without turning into the modesty police or to the to, to where we're coming along and we're measuring hemlines. And, and yet, at the same time, we, we've got to be addressing the hard issues that, that are bringing this to bear. Noah, thank you for your call. Let's see if we can get Melody on from South Central. Melody, thanks for calling. Hello. How you doing?
4: I'm blessed. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for calling.
4: You're
3: welcome. I just want to say um, I think
4: women should be um, um, I think women should be dress modest because when you um, play with fire, sometimes you get burned. So I think that and not only that, the Bible also says don't be a block to your brother
7: mm-hmm.
4: brethren. So you, you know, you don't want to provoke people to like the Bible talks about provoking your child to wrath, but you don't want to provoke people into certain things and um, and then that caused them to stumble. You don't want to, and then the blood to be on your hand.
1: So, so you yeah, try to you, you to try to take them. care in this area yourself, Melody.
4: Yes, I do. I I don't you know no, nah, I don't show my cleavage out <laughs> like that. No.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate your call. I appreciate all of you calling this afternoon as we've been talking about this. This is one of those subjects that's. That's hard, but but folks, we've got to have these conversations. We've got iron's got to sharpen iron on this. We've got to help one another in this regard. We've got to encourage one another, exhort one another. This is a part of how we grow, and I appreciate all of you have called and, and been a part of the conversation this afternoon. And I hope for all of us, we will pull back and say, what's in my heart as I think about what I'm going to wear tonight, tomorrow, this weekend to church? What what's the heart motivation that's driving that? Because uh, the, the Bible says the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart, but it's out of the abundance of the heart that we clothe ourselves or that our mouth speaks or, or whatever. Thanks for calling. We'll do all of this again tomorrow at three o'clock. Hope you can be here for the Friday edition of Southern California Live. We'll see you then